Which, by the way, as an aside, as a real aside, yeah, I'm reading Station Eleven. No spoilers. Yeah, it's not, I have it, but I haven't read it. Excuse me. Um, it's a little PTSD to read during a pandemic because it's about a pandemic. It was written before the yeah. pandemic, but in it, this person who is narrating, well, one of the people, they're part of a traveling mm-hmm. group who performs yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. And I just find this, I wonder why we don't do that in the same I way. Know. I know. We got to bring it back. Yeah. Right. Okay. After this podcast, anyway. that's what we'll, we'll start. <laughs> if we have enough Patreon sponsors. Yeah. One day. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll okay. come to your city and we'll perform on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you want it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your grandson's school production of Fame Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To find out more about the theater nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing theater history. Taylor, today we're talking about theater history. Theater history. Uh, yes, yes. At the top of every episode, you know, we do say, you know, this isn't a podcast about theater history, but today we are diving <laughs> deep into theater history. <laughs> yeah, we're re- we're diving in. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. So although theater history there's a lot of theater history and we are not professionals Mm -hmm. and we also don't want to make you fall asleep at the wheel while you're driving to work today but we do want to talk about some theater history so we've decided that we will have three podcasts in a row uh, devoted to the history of theater the first which we are talking about today talks about the rumors of the beginnings of theater all the way up until right before the renaissance and then Next week, we'll be talking about the Renaissance period up until essentially, uh, you know, the beginning of the United States of America. And then through that time, through, you know, the last 400 years or so of theater history, which we will mostly focus on the history of Broadway Mm -hmm. and that kind of theater at that last episode. So it's a lot um, and we don't want to overwhelm you, but we do think it's important to talk about theater history. Um, as we are a podcast that talks about theater, sometimes in order to understand what the heck theater is, we have to understand where it came from, mm-hmm. what its origins are, how it's changed, how it hasn't changed, 
um, and really just be willing to understand uh, aspects of theater that existed before, uh, because I think it will be helpful as we think about how theater is constructed now, and then also potentially uh, where the newness of theater will be going, where the, the industry goes, sometimes it dwells in our past. So I think that that is important. Um, Taylor, why do you think talking about theater history is important? Yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, of course, when we sit down and discuss episodes that we want to do, we were, we were talking about how theater history is something that we did want to talk about, but it is such a daunting and big, big picture yeah. idea that we were like, how can we focus this in a little bit and really just kind of give you guys a look, uh, kind of peek into what theater history looked like. Uh, I think what's really cool about something like an art form like theater is that it was it existed long before we did and it's going to exist long after we're alive <laughs> and yeah. it's it's something that is ever changing but there are aspects of it that are still from that original seed that we still even use today uh, so like you were saying I think it's important to understand like what our roots are and why we love the art form um, because often you know, we love modern aspects of it, but we don't, we don't realize that maybe those modern aspects also were from, you know, a lot of historical context too, so. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. So I think that how we'll start this discussion <laughs> um, is we're, we're really just kind of going with the flow here. As we start this discussion, um, when I was thinking about how do I learn about theater history, where does we start? Um, there are certain things that come up, but the first thought I had was, what the heck is the word theater? Yeah. Where does that come from? Yeah. So um, as a general disclaimer, for me, normally in any episode, I am bad at pronunciations, <laughs> but especially we're going to use some Greek, Latin, Roman, and potentially yeah. Chinese words. Um, and so I definitely don't know how to pronounce them correctly. You know, we're just trying our best. We're using the yeah. pronunciation, pronou you know, we're using Siri, whatever to help. Right. Us. <laughs> so just for our scholars who are listening, um, or other people who cringe when people mispronounce something, even though they don't know the correct pronunciation mm -hmm. themselves, I'm very sorry, but yeah. you'll just have to sit through yeah. <laughs> this episode. Well, okay, I do so, want to ask you too, Rachel, like, did yeah. you ever take a theater history class, like in college or anything? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I didn't take a theater history class in college. I know that we took, um, I took a theater history, like, class crash course, essentially, as a mm -hmm. part of a theater troupe I was in when I was young. Do I remember a lot of that? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> um, but I did take a Shakespeare class in yeah. college, which was specifically dedicated on the life and works of William Shakespeare. What about you? Did you? No. <laughs> but yes, I, no, we're I doing almost, really well. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. We're definitely experts in this. But I, yeah. I almost minored in theater in college, but then I would have had to stay like an extra year. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this because I had credits coming in. So, but I know that, of course, if you, you know, we, neither of us majored in theater, but I know it's like a big, uh, class that you take you know theater history so I wonder and even some of the things that I found researching before this episode were like legitimately like theater history syllabi and <laughs> and like course content stuff and I was like 
am I like being graded right now? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All that to say, we are going to do a general overview overview. And so we know we will miss. There will be a pop quiz next week. You guys call (laughs) in. (laughs) I was going to say no one roast us for the fact that we don't have everything laid out in this episode. So, okay. Thinking about the word theater Mm. as we have it now, it comes from the Greek word Theomeia or Theomai. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. T H E A A O M A I, which is probably most closely translated to to see. Um, it's all it's a Greek word that's also in the New Testament of the Bible for Christians. Um, but it means to see. It's this idea of like being able to see something. Right. Which I think is really interesting before we go into the history of theater itself. Um, I, for some reason, was not expecting the word to be to see. Obviously, in the physical sense, we do see people enacting yeah. something. But I think, um, I don't know, uh, maybe a better word here is perspective. Um, I was talking to someone this week about why I love theater so much, which is a common conversation I have. <laughs> But one of the things I really like about theater is it allows us to play out scenarios in our mind without us being the one in those scenarios. With, mm. So like being invested in seeing something happen um, and, and have the emotional components and like seeing like potentially from beginning to end how something might go if certain actions, courses of actions happen, uh, but without having to do it myself. Right. It's like when you visualize something, but it's even better because it's on a stage where there's all these other emotional, physical components and someone's going through it. So anyway, mm. I find it interesting that the word theomai, mm-hmm. uh, it means to see. So that was the first thing. Do you have thoughts on, on that, Tay? Well, I was going to say, I think, of course, a lot of the idea of what performing arts is now and any art form currently maybe you know to a certain extent like you know literal art in museums and stuff like that but performing art or you know whether it be media or whatever is just the entertainment factor of it it's why do we watch this it's for entertainment it's to like you know get out of our world that we're living in currently of all the craziness and step into another world that's different than ours and live in that world for two hours or whatever um so I wonder how much that was a factor even back in the day like how much people just went just to escape from their own you know misery for lack of better terms (laughs) that's a good question I think maybe we'll touch on this once we talk about a little bit about the history but at the very beginning that reminds me of at least the what I saw of the uh, traces of theater that exist, ancient performing arts. This is really mm-hmm. hard. There's no official date yeah. of when things started. There's when we start to have a record of when things happened. So I right. think that's important. And then understanding where these archaeological fact, artifacts come in is also important. A lot of them mm-hmm. are in uh, ancient, you know, the ancient civilizations, but mostly the Western ones like uh, Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, but thinking about the beginning of theater, I found that a lot of what the origins of theater started as was with a dithyram, dithyram. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is like a chorus or a song or a performance or a chant. Um, Yeah. Yeah. A chant. 
enacted yeah there was no piano accompaniment yeah <laughs> that was, that's later enacting no kick drum yeah yeah no what are, no the, what are those drums synth. called the synth there's no yeah. no synth but yeah um as a performance in like prayer and adoration to the god Dionysus who uh if you know some things about mythology uh Dionysus was the god of wine fertility or rebirth and then eventually became the god of theater. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's, I think it's interesting what you're saying about this escapism. Mm-hmm. In some ways, potentially the origins of theater itself were about bringing oneself to a god to worship and please the god. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And something that I found talking about Aristotle and talking about, you know, you know, the origins of, I mean, we were talking a little bit about like how there's a lot of records that we don't really know where it originally started. A lot of what Rachel and I found were like, just kind of like theories almost of like, like the history of theater, the origin of it specifically, it just kind of like happened a little bit. There wasn't really like a specific date of like, this is when the first musical was born or this is when the first show was written or whatever um you know and and historical you know we're not going to the library of congress and reading every book that we can so we're doing what we can but what we did but if you are hermione granger let us know exactly (laughs) happy to have you on the show yeah come and (laughs) come and at us um but you know aristotle suggested that this word um I don't know why I'm having trouble with this word. Mimesis, mimesis, Mimesis. Mm -hmm. uh, or imitation is innate in humans. Um, So imitation, imitating something, you know, doing something that's outside of yourself and not just, you know, playing essentially. Um, And I, I think that's interesting is that, you know, Aristotle was like, hey, I think we all have this innate desire to, to imitate, to be, you know, like someone else. And I was telling Rachel, even before we started, before recording BR, uh, that I was like, that's kind of like who we are even in our society today with social media. I mean, if you look at it, like we're all trying to be we're someone else. We're all trying to imitate, you know, essentially like each other is we're trying to be our best version, but we're all imitating. And so maybe Aristotle was right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a good point. Um, that goes back to this idea of seeing maybe perspective, performing, right. this right. idea of performing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something else, the word tragedy, which is something that they performed a lot in, in Greek theater, um, seems to have come from the word the Greek words for goat and song. So tragedy was literally a goat song. Uh, and whether sung by or to the goat is really anyone's guess. No one really knows. Did the goat <laughs> sing? Did not the goat sing? Did who sang? Who sang the goat song? <laughs> I really need them to do Vivo over, but with the goat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I mean, is that is that because Taylor? Do you know? Is it because the goats were the ones that were sacrificed to gods at this point, yeah. and so it's oh, like a tragedy? Yeah, the idea of. Yeah. Of goats. I don't know. Just I'm reaching. Just putting that putting that out there. Mm -hmm. Um, some things that they did at the time that I found were 
things like storytelling. Um, they were pleasurable in nature is what I found. A narrator elabor el elaborates by impersonating people, which I found interesting. They did a lot of like movement and dance at the time, imitating physical behavior of animals, um, even donning animal skin as garments um, was added to that, which is interesting. The first costume design was, yeah, basically yeah. they were ready. Yeah. They could have performed the Lion King. They just didn't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Circle of life. Um, and there also was this thing called ritual theory. Um, this is the most pervasive and accepted of the theories, but not questioned. So I guess performing different rituals of, of ways of performing as well. These are kind of different things I found during the time of Aristotle that they different ways of performing. Yeah. And I think yeah. in um, ancient Greece, like you were saying, Taylor, a lot of what was being performed at the time um was probably narrative of some kind similar to mythology or right. towards you know like we were talking about Dionysus um written in honor there was normally one person who mm. was performing and then potentially a group of what we know as a chorus but really it was a group of people who were doing narration or call and response right. this is how chorus evolves how a choir evolves actually is fr from the position of where they are in relation to this one person. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Or like reciting poetry, obviously Aristotle, Aristotle being a big part of, of that. Um, yeah. And then eventually, eventually moving into what you were saying, right. About costumes, yeah. masks, we can talk about the ancient Greece, although we'll have a moment to talk about other spheres of the world but masks were um coming up as well as in terms of the idea of costuming and performing yeah. and having people having different roles to recognize that they were able to to be there mm -hmm. and i think what's something that's really uh interesting at least in ancient greece in athens right behind the atropolis so where the shadow dome mm -hmm. of the atropolis fell was where theater was often performed. Right. So you're thinking like very busy places where people who are in the city in the civilization yep. of a certain status mm -hmm. are living to participate after worship in these things or as an act of worship. I think that that's mm -hmm. important. There's an yeah. overlap physically of that space too, which I right. find interesting. Right. Not to chew my own horn, but I've actually been to that place and I've seen all these places. Crazy. I've seen the Parthenon from my own with my own eyes. Um, and yeah, it's it is crazy even to imagine like, you know, being there, closing your eyes, imagining what these people were like and what they, you know, after they would finish uh worship, like you were saying, Oh, let's go let's go see this performance or you know, oh, was it only for high society people or was it for people that, you know, was it for all different types of people? Um, something that I read too that I found interesting was a lot of the times they didn't wear, you know, the sandals or the robes that we often think about in Greek yeah. theater. They kind of wore a lot of different things. Ma I, the masks thing is really interesting because I feel like today in modern theater, besides like Lion King there's not really that much mask work mm -hmm. <laughs> to be done <laughs> and like yeah. Spider-Man I guess <laughs> which are both Julie Taymor so <laughs> but is right. makeup not the same as a mask 
That's true. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but Uh, it it does allow us to differentiate characters. Right, right. And they allow masks is like a more visceral, visceral representation of like who a character is rather makeup can be like, I don't know, subtle and not. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about this when we talk about who, how many people are playing one, one role. I mean, one thing to, to know before we move from ancient Greece to whatever might be next, um, architects built up the stadium Mm -hmm. seating essentially Mm -hmm. comes from ancient Greece, which I feel like most people know because they've seen the ruins. Right. Um, but it was allowed, they did that also because of the sound. Mm-hmm. So being able to carry sound, this is pre speakers, pre audio recording. Yeah. So at least to our knowledge, <laughs> so I mean, that would have been cool. You to, never know. The Dolby was there. <laughs> <laughs> so it helped with that, like literally theater in the round kind of situation, yeah. being able to have yeah. that kind of dome. Um, and then I think important as Greek society, like we're talking about really ancient Greece, you know, um, those plays that were performed or the playwrights who wrote things down, um, those things evolved and were eventually assimilated into the Roman empire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And types of things that I saw that they would perform were like a lot of comedy, a lot of tragedy, and then some satire as well, which I found Mm -hmm. very interesting because I wonder if the definition of satire then was, is probably different than how we view satire. Maybe it isn't different. I don't know. They also did, like festivals and religious rituals as as we've been saying they talked about politics and law and music and poetry and, and weddings even and funerals they did these um we talked about costumes for a little bit of course but in in the greek theater in ancient greek theater they would give off a sense of obviously who what the gender was what the age was of the character um, but I also talked about like their social status and their class. A character who was of a higher class in a in a show would wear like nicer clothing and and everything like that. And maybe someone else would wear like just be fairly not not as nicely dressed. Yeah, I, I have two. I have two other thoughts. I, I don't yeah. think we mentioned this before, um, but the protagonist that comes from this era. So the person who is the main character that came from this era because there was only one person and then that choir of people um, eventually. And then I think uh, what you were talking about, about satire, the etymology of satire is satora, I believe. Mm -hmm. Definitely did not pronounce that right. That's Latin, (laughs) Um, but it means poetic or medley. So it's like a Mm -hmm. poetry. So it's a little different than satirizing something, right. Than you know, giving a, the way that we would use it um but that idea of performing poems which is really where aristotle i think comes in yeah here um about this yeah. idea of intellectual poetry and stuff mm. um yeah poetic manly right some things i found with satires too that i thought was hilarious and interesting was with the costumes they focused on the phallus and with their language which they use words like wordplay, sexual innuendos, references to like breasts and farting and erections <laughs> and other ling- references that do not occur in tragedy. Um, 
the satire play was not merely a deeply traditional ritual, but also generally accepted as the most appropriate and satisfying conclusion to the city's most complex and prestigious cultural event of the year, which I found super fascinating. Basically, everyone was like, the satire is the best because we talk about whatever we want. (laughs) This makes me think of that Alfred Hitchcock quote, which is like... um the same people the same thing people fear today is what they feared yesterday right, but right. but here's what i have like the same thing that people think that are funny today is exactly the same mm-hmm. as what the ancient civilization thought was funny yeah. which was all these other points um yeah, when, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. love that but as an aside um in ancient china which is ancient asian civilizations it actually is potential that theater existed there before uh, Greece, uh, this is harder to have at least an, an understanding on my part from ruins on how late or how early these things were a part of, but there's a book, um, which is called Nata Shastra, not, yeah, Nata Shastra, mm. which yeah. is, uh, of Indian origin. Um, and it's like a, it's basically an instruction that includes injunctions to performers of like what to do and dancers like and, and techniques, which means that probably <laughs> was theater happening. Yeah. And I, I will link to this, um, this article I read or this website that I have that is about Asian traditional theater and dance um, and how often it's not talked about when it comes to the history of theater. Mm. Um, but in the, on the website, she talks about, um, how China, like how in China, um, the origins of the theater performing arts seem to lie also with religious rituals and included a lot of like rites and um, right. also include masks, like a big thing of this idea of masks and painting mm. the mask, which I think is interesting because you see that also in Rome. And so I think I'll just talk now. I'll just talk now about religion, I guess. <laughs> and circle back when we talk yeah. about medieval stuff, but it's so fascinating to me that these these spaces were overlapping, right? This idea of performance and worship and movement mm. of our body and of intellectual thought and of sharing something and receiving something and like a performance was all originally either alongside in place of as a part of worship mm. or as a part of a ritual within all these different traditions i mean ancient greece and and ancient china are not the same when it comes to who they serve as gods or what their practices are Mm -hmm. Uh, but i find it really interesting that the way that they commune or you know worshipped or worked as a society was around both the idea the stage of worship as well as like the stage in performing in theater right i find that I don't know what to make of it. I have my own intellectual thoughts, but I find it really, I find it really interesting. Well, it's that aspect too of like, I'm sure there were like creative people at the time and they wanted to try and perform something and masks in a way, if we're just correlating the fact that they both use masks, even masks, like we were saying, are a way that you can show different characters and things but also show that like this is actually a different person in the show it's not just like 
me in front of you, you know, if they didn't use makeup at the time, how can you convince people that this is actually a different character without it being like, that's my friend, Joe, like, (laughs) like, yeah, I think this other thing too, of like reverence, right? Like maybe part of this is in reverence. And I, one thing to also think of, and something we probably won't touch too much on at this, in this stage, but the rituals of dance and how that also Mm. created space uh, within the world of performing arts and how dance has its own history that right. eventually, or, you know, is parallel to, and then intersects with mm-hmm. theater. Um, and a lot of what I was looking up about ancient China and ancient Asian civilizations was about um, hunting dances and rituals of dances that eventually come into play uh, um, when it comes to other kinds of performed rituals uh, and and performances that might resemble something like right. a theater. Yeah. Yeah. And even thinking about like the reason why they did it is very different than why we do it now too. So it's oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's interesting sure. to to you know understand that this yeah was probably a very personal and religious, you know, aspect to it rather than a you know, calling on an art, you know, I have to do this creative endeavor to fulfill my, you know, creative spirit. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, I'm just visualizing a chorus line of people who literally do a chorus line right? who are doing that because it's a religious experience. I mean, I think there's some of that, but (laughs) a little different. Well, I mean, I've heard that term before from so many actors of like theaters, like church, Mm, yeah absolutely and it's like the place where you know they feel the most spiritual connection which I think is I mean that where does that come from even like that probably comes from you know this historical context of what what it it was yeah well right and you have to philosophize for just one second you have this space where you get where as an audience you get to like I said you get to see this other uh, action course of action and connect with it but then as a performer you are connecting with mm-hmm. the humanity that you yourself bring that this narrative you're trying to portray brings right. and that the audience also brings and you're trying and mm-hmm. and you have a lot of power on the stage because or as a playwright you have the most power probably yeah. because yeah. you're writing and shaping a narrative kind of mm-hmm. like a like a god might shape the universe so it's like yeah. this this you know meta verse mm. again every every episode guys we're gonna just gonna talk about the metaverse the multiverse <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> sponsored by marvel not a sponsor not a sponsor but uh anyway okay i'm sorry taylor i kind of distract us so we go from the ancient civilizations and then we go into the roman empire period yeah. which is a long talk about a long period of time yeah something i found interesting that was different than like the ancient greek period was that ancient rome did allow female performers in their in their performances and ancient greek did not uh and i wonder what that was like they were like what (laughs) what are these women performing in these shows at this I I don't know I wonder what the mindset was of like yeah well like why they allowed and the Greeks didn't I have no idea I know I have no idea I I could speculate a lot right but I don't know 
Yeah. One thing that probably adds to that is just how big the Roman empire was at the time. Yeah. 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 And how much movement and different people groups they were, you know, taking over, Mm. you know, colonizing essentially before we had that term. Yeah. Something I thought was cool too was they did a lot of like festivals and street theater, which I, I think is that. like so fun and something I think we should bring it back. I think we should bring back street theater, just do it in the streets, you know, have all these fun <laughs> festivals, have food trucks, whatever. We should do it. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine me just dancing around with a grilled cheese sandwich that I got from a street cart? I can't imagine it. Yeah. You can have great. Godspell in the street and then have a grilled cheese us. And you um <laughs> <laughs> which by the way as an aside as a real aside yeah i'm reading station 11 no spoilers yeah it's not, i have it but i haven't read it <laughs> excuse me um it's a little ptsd to read during a pandemic because it's about a pandemic it was written before the yeah. pandemic but in it this person who is narrating well one of the people they're a part of a traveling mm-hmm. group who performs yeah. shakespeare yeah and I just find this, I wonder why we don't do that in the same I way. Know. I know. We got to bring it back. Yeah. Right. Okay. After this podcast, anyway. that's what we'll, we'll start. <laughs> if we have enough Patreon sponsors. Yeah. One day. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll okay. come to your city and we'll perform on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you want it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. But okay. there was a there was a lot of information about Roman theater and you know of what I found even is that it started in in the fourth BC, fourth century mm-hmm. BC. So that was even from what I saw of the Greek theater, that started in the sixth century. Um so it's you know, we're talking about a long time ago, people. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I was alive, Taylor, just in case you're wanting to know. Oh my goodness. I thought, you know, I thought for a second, but then I was like, no, I'm not gonna ask her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a really different, you know, time, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of you know, transition, I feel like, even in even when we go into the later time period, which is the medieval theater time period like there was a lot of differences and I feel like they were like trying out a lot of things during these times yeah I mean I mean thinking about historically what's happening in the world there's I think I said this before but to reiterate there are now tons of different people Mm -hmm. who are now coming together in under one kind of rule Mm -hmm. and then you have this shift from after the Roman Empire into what is now sort of a pre-Renaissance Europe, sort of. Yeah. It's like really overgeneralization. I know. My US history teacher, I mean, my uh, world history teacher would hate that I just <laughs> said it like that. I'm Shout so out to them if they're listening. <laughs> but yeah, right. Like you have all these cultures and then you're trying to have one, you know, you're trying to break up into small groups of land. And let let us not forget the religious change. Well, I'm just right. is this a podcast about religion? I don't know. <laughs> but right. So you went from mostly Greek and Roman gods and then the influence of Asian mm. uh traditions of worship and religion. Yeah. And then had basically the three, what is now the three most prominent types of religions or religious 
yeah, elements that exist. So, um, Jewish tradition, Christian tradition, Islamic tradition all now exist. Yeah. And we're now talking about it in the mm-hmm. context of all these people who have over a few thousand of years have mm-hmm. now <laughs> learned, yeah. uh, to create their own religious rituals, which probably includes some kind of performing. I mean, we could talk also, as I know, I talked about this briefly about dancing because dance history, well, dance history is one thing. And then song history as it stands now and musical history, um, is another, and then theater. So you, and, and then other things that kind of look like theater adjacent Mm -hmm. performing art adjacent. So you have all these parallel tracks but then they intersect and interweave and now you right. have thousands of years where this has happened yeah and the the invitation or the invitation the invention of <laughs> instruments and music and what is known as common time right from monks i mean all these things that come right. from religious elements of chanting yeah. that came into song and instrumentation yeah. and development i mean so it's really hard for us to go from 6th century bce to now what is the four you know what what are we in now like the 15th before the 15th i mean by the 15th century right or 14th right. century when yeah. when the renaissance happens 900 ad is the is the yeah so i mean that's early, quite a few years right late you know medieval middle age early middle ages it's the beginning of the middle ages yeah right yeah. so i mean even that time period but then you're talking about through the middle ages it's a it's a lot so just obviously a lot yeah changed a lot of history was happening Mm -hmm. and unfortunately because of the shift in civilizations itself and because of the way that we preserved history at the time we don't have as much historical record of every single theatrical component right right and song component you have these oral traditions that eventually are written down and then only certain populations can be educated and then they are displaced from their homes and then new civilizations or new countries or new establishments of rule are popping up eventually yeah so and it's interesting even looking at like even today how culture and history and religion and whatever they do influence art in general Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. influence how artists make their art and that was the same even then I mean it was influencing what they were performing I saw a thing that said that theaters were considered by many at the time of the middle ages as a diabolical diabolical threat to Christianity isn't that crazy Um, yeah and especially talk about religion new um, converts continued you know they still continued to that kind of mindset and also that there were certain like church fathers if you will in quotes that were you know considered acting and being on the stage is like an instrument of corruption and acting was a sin was sinful because of its imitation of life was considered a mockery of God's creation um, which I find fascinating because you know what if what are they new you know as a high religious figure what are you doing if not acting (laughs) yeah I mean that's a good point in a sense yeah yeah I mean I think I I if I recall correctly when I was looking up the 
medieval period mm. for for plays there were some that were approved like some plays right at churches mm. churches i don't mean it like the way we think about churches now but yeah. church leadership approved of which also at the time was the political power mostly yeah and then um there were some that they didn't specifically there was this one i read about the feast of fools i did not read about what it was about but that it was a kind of alongside of festival that had you know dancing and singing and mimes and minstrels which is a different a whole different podcast right but um it'll this was one of uh, the lower clergy so the people think about the people who are you know in that chain of oppression they're still a part of the church but they're probably lower they don't they're maybe not even liked by society but they get to uh, mock their superiors and church life during this mm-hmm. full piece of fools right. and that they really enjoyed it. And I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Uh, it's maybe right. a theater as a release. And Almost then like that around. Hunchback of Notre Dame type of thing. Yeah, a exactly. And then I, I read that it was like the 12th century is when like extreme quote, extreme secular plays, the way we think of secular plays began yeah um yeah and it was like normally an outdoor setting with typical citizens performing Mm, yeah I think it would have been cool to go back to like a feast of fools type of thing what do you think I don't know what that would have been like I can (laughs) just only imagine the smells right yeah yeah of all of these of all yeah. of these places yeah and then it, somehow ancient Greece smells better to me than the medieval period but that's probably probably some of that's true I mean medieval period but there was a lot of mm. a lot of production of things yeah. in a small radius they didn't have in, for within a city then. they definitely been, did not that would have been nice <laughs> that been cool. well thinking about like all of these things you know there's a lot that has been influenced by religion as we've been talking about there's a lot that's been you know where does the aspect of like entertainment even come from when you're looking at this this side of historical theater um but we you know i don't know about you but we can kind of pause here and and say you know we're going to move on to the renaissance on the next episode and kind of talk about that aspect as well is there anything you want to close out for the theater nerds out there no, I think thanks for yeah. thanks for staying with us. I I mean, yeah. well, I say no, but I do have I do have one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to life with me. You know. No, I mean, I think it's probably around this time, right? Just having a moment to think. Yes, we talked about all these civilizations. When we think about art, mm. like paintings and the orchestration of art. Um, as well as music and dancing and all that that and potentially what fabrics we have now to make clothes and who wears clothes and what kind Mm. of clothes people wear and the printing press all of these things are going to come into play when we talk next week um, that really take it from what might be um, an exaggerated reading or interpretation or worship style um, with uh, some of those components, obviously an audience always being a part of that Mm. into what maybe looks a little bit more similar to the style 
and like aspects that you might think of when you think of theater. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to hear from you guys as well. If you guys know any fun facts about theater history and (laughs) the medieval time or the Greek theater pre-Renaissance. Yeah. Or the, uh, or Dionysus. Listen, go have your Dionysus parties. Yeah. Who read Percy Jackson? That's what I want to know. Actually, that's comment that. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Comment in on our social medias below. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Tay. I know that was a lot. Thanks, everyone, for listening. But I'm glad that we're doing it. The nerd side of the theater nerd of me is appreciative. No, I love it. All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Yes, Yes. this is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this past week. You know, what vibes are we getting? Who are we? What vibes? Uh, We would also love to hear your characters. You can comment on our social media pages. You guys, in case you didn't know, you also can go on our website, theaternerdpod.com. And there on our character of the week tab, there's a little, uh, what would you call it? Like Like a survey it's not a survey but it's like (laughs) it's like a button that takes you to like a survey where you can submit your it's like a form form. your character of the week so you guys can submit those Um, we'll put in the show notes below for the specific form but you guys can submit your characters of the week and we will shout them out on a future theater nerd episode Uh, so Rachel why don't you go first and tell us what's your character of the week this week Yes, my character of the week. Let me I wanted to pull up a song since Taylor always pulls up a song. <laughs> there we go. I know what this is. I'd make it Halloween. Oh my gosh. Would you make it Halloween? Every single day and also have world peace. <laughs> Maybe world peace should be first. World peace and then Halloween. Wait, let me start over. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so um, that is Karen Smith. <laughs> um, oh my Iconic. gosh, played by Katie Rockwell um, from Mean Girls, the musical. And I'm feeling like Karen Smith this week because I just feel very discombobulated. Things are not <laughs> together. I might have said I want Halloween first before world peace and then had to start over like that kind of thing. Or you're feeling sexy. There I am. <laughs> that is the song title that no, as you see, I played the intro part of the song. <laughs> so feeling like the beginning part mm-hmm. of the song. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a little discombobulated. She's a little, yeah, not to insult my blonde friends because I have quite a few of them, but she's predominantly very blonde. Yeah. In this in this yeah. show and acts as that in the in the show. And so that's how I'm feeling. It's just a little mm. like to do. I don't know if anyone's home. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Taylor? Who is yeah. your if, character? If for you're this from week? Africa, why are you white? Uh <laughs> you can just ask people why they're white. Uh, my favorite. Um, that's a great, great choice. I love it so much. <laughs> I feel like anyone from that show, I'm feeling them every it would be day. great. Yeah. <laughs> every day. Every day. <laughs> um, Not every week, every day. My character is someone we've kind of already talked about a little bit on the show. Uh, oh. He is from, from fame. Uh, no. no, not from fame. <laughs> fame. I'm going to live forever. 
that's my little shout out for this week <laughs> karaoke moment um you always have one and I'm like eight bars behind because <laughs> he's always the one recording and then I try and sing along and I'm like eight bars behind I'm like what is happening it's fine it's fine, it's fine. just little nuggets for our listeners yeah. um this is someone we've already talked about on the show a little bit, and he is from a movie that got turned into a musical, then was made into a movie musical from the movie from the musical. So this, I'm feeling this character. It's Leah Bloom, Leopold Bloom from the producers. Yeah. I yeah. wanna be a producer. You know, of course, originally played by in the Mel Brooks film by Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yeah. Yeah, amazing. But uh, originated on Broadway in the musical. So Matthew <laughs> Broderick, I'm feeling like him because, hmm. listen, I did my taxes today and he's an accountant. So that's similar. And, <laughs> and you heard it here, folks. If you do your taxes, you are then a CPA. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And he, uh, you know, is wants to live that life of razzle dazzle. And every day mm. I'm like, should I just move to New York? No, <laughs> no, the I have responsibilities yes. as an adult. <laughs> uh, Whoops, I'm a bad influence. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Rachel and I are just going to move to New York one day. Surprise. Uh, yeah. But he's he's also like fun and, and he really um, has a cool friendship with, with, um, with Max Bialystok in the end of the show and mm -hmm. it's a very up and down friendship but I've been seeing a lot of friends this week so that's kind of who I'm feeling this week is Leo Leo Bloom so good I love that yeah so fun if you would like to join us on our discussion of theater history we'll be discussing that for the next you know three Ooh. weeks this episode and the next two uh, as well, check us out uh, at theaternerdpod.com. Or, of course, you can find us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. I want to be a producer, sport a top hat and a cane. I want to be a producer and drive those chorus girls insane. Yeah, I do. <laughs> to a dream sequence.